You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Friday, 10 March. Xi Jinping is appointed to third term as China's president. No surprise there. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, chatting with Gary Boyson from Rand Swiss. Uh, strong Standard Bank results uh, and the Thungela update for the full year. I thought it was a weaker second half, but when I dug into it, actually, second half was pretty much in line with first. Uh, surprise, thanks to uh, Tr- Transnet. Uh, Stephen Brown from uh, Fortress on their results. Logistics, occupancy set an all-time high. Load shedding hurts, but that's not unsurprising. And of course, they've still got, well, they reached, they haven't still got the problem. The reach structure has gone as of January. And then some thoughts for me on the rand. It looks weak, but key point is never panic. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Sunlam expects to build on record performance. Plans are in place to ride the wave of economic recovery expected to come towards the end of the year. And Business Day, S&P deals a blow to South Africa's hope of ratings relief. S&P Global downgrades our credit outlook from positive to stable. Morning markets, the US was red, S&P down a percent, NASDAQ down 1.8%. Asia is red with Sydney of 0.9% and Tokyo down one and a quarter percent. Commodities mostly green, gold. 1,833. Brent is your red at 81.24. Platinum, 940. And palladium, 1,366. Rand, 18.54. Bitcoin, 20,100. 10 cent down, 1.9%. And top 40 opening call, yo, looking for 1,450 points to the red. That is 2% down. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Training now with uh, Gary Boyson, Portfolio Manager at Rand Swiss. Gary, always appreciate the early morning time. Uh, Standard Bank, the, the third of the big four banks to come out with results. They've all been impressive. They've all got some base effect in it in that this is for the 2022 financial year. Of course, 21 was still at stages of lockdown and pandemic. But strong numbers. I mean, we, we certainly have seen, and the Standard Bank was strong. And some Shabalala is saying, you know what, if the economy was good, we could have done even better. Yeah, and they've kind of been signaling to the market that things have been improving. And and if you if you understand where the interest rates have been moving over the period in question, it does make sense that the bank is looking a lot stronger. So mm. the one thing that should have kind of uh, I suppose informed investors is is how positive they've been on the economic growth uh, for South Africa going forward. So clearly they were seeing good things within their stable, and and of course with the repo rate moving in, in the period in question from from three point two five percent to seven percent, they benefit from that endowment effect and that coming through. Uh, you know, across their book, um, their, their credit uh, credit and uh, payment uh, uh, ratios, at least char- uh, charges, are, are not significantly higher. So it's, it, you've seen that their client base is able to absorb it. Yes, in Africa, you know, with the uh, Ghanaian sovereign debt crisis, mm. that has had a small impact on the African operations. But but locally, people managing to absorb the higher costs, not not feeding into their book as well, and and delivering an ROE of sixteen point four percent, which is well on the way, their way to their twenty twenty five uh, target of getting the ROE between 17% and 20%. So overall, a really, really strong set of numbers. And, and can 
can they do it again in, in 23? Because, I mean, you know, Ghana will, is, is probably done. Uh, but if we bring it local, I mean, the, 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 the repo might start coming down towards the end of the year, but they've basically got a year at this higher rate. And, and they're not going to do the plus 30% numbers probably, but they should be able to improve on what was a record set of numbers. Yeah, I think I think that's right. So yeah, again, it comes down to efficiencies within the business. If you look at how they're spending compared to their their peers, um, yeah, very very not conservative. But uh, if you look at their staffing costs, industry average was about four point four percent. You know, Standard Bank at three point four percent. The IT costs, which is obviously incredibly important for banks these days, as everyone moves towards digital, uh, they're spending at ten point six percent. That's the the growth in IT cost mm-hmm. versus the industry average of about ten point nine. So you know, keeping costs constrained, which which is helping to, as you said, boost those. I mean, HEP's up 37%, you know, the, the dividend up 38%. I mean, these are they're really, really staggering numbers. Now, you don't expect that to continue indefinitely, but if they could keep their costs under control, and as you say, they benefit from higher interest rates, the, the type of lending is conservative, and you, know, you don't see a, 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 big, uh, a big increase in the credit impairment charges. Yeah, there's there's no reason that this this isn't a, a very sound investment. And I think I think listeners have to remember as well that yeah, you know, if you look at their CT, so their their capital, their tier one uh, capital ratio. Mm. 13.5%. Their, their, their goal is to have it above 11%. So they're, they're well capitalized, they're, they're managed conservatively, and it looks like a, a really, really solid investment in a very, very shaky year. And, and is of the, of the banks, I mean, is Standard Bank the pick or is one of the others perhaps you preferred? Well, First Wrestle has a, a higher ROE, so we yeah. have First Run in our local portfolios, but we did add Standard Bank in October last year, just, just on, on the view that uh, that we, we are going to see some benefit, and the banking sector itself is an attractive place to almost ride out uh, the storm that we're seeing in, in financial markets currently, and uh, it's it's banned out fantastically. So, mm-hmm. now, are we still buying Standard Bank at these levels? <clears throat> maybe maybe not. Maybe look for a little bit of a pullback, but with results like this, you really wouldn't expect a pullback. It's going to have to come from markets overall, and you mentioned that markets might be down 2% today. Mm-hmm. Maybe with a, a week or two of selling, you could get another entry level. Yeah, and when you say it was a good entry in October, I think you're underselling it. It was a spectacular entry in October. That um, was the year for the low for the year. Thungela, the trading update yesterday, I, I truthfully was on a site visit, and, and, and at first blush, it looked weak. Then I pulled the numbers apart. Um, and basically, their, their H2 is sort of in line with H1, which, you know, considering Transnet and, and coal prices under a bit of pressure, I thought wasn't a bad deal. I mean, is this... The stock's been under serious pressure. It's trading down at what, uh, call it just over 200. Is this opportunity or, or are there still worries ahead? Well, remember, Tungela is always going to be very heavily reliant on where coal prices go, as as I think many investors have seen. So, you know, when we we put out Tungela as a buy, I think you know almost on listing, and we mm-hmm. were looking for a very conservative target. But then you had the the Ukraine uh, yeah. invasion, and you know coal prices going berserk, and you can see what happens to to the company in that in that situation. I mean, you could have bought Tungela sub thirty rand. <laughs> uh, you know, headline earnings per share are, are up more than double that. <laughs> I mean, they, they, you know, they, their headline earnings per share are going to be between one hundred and thirty rand. And 133 rand. So it just shows you how much of an influence coal prices have on on the company. Now, coal prices, as you say, have been coming down aggressively, and this is one of the reasons is that China has upped its coal output by nine percent last year in response to to what's happening in the Ukraine, and and that and you know that's obviously 
fueled, uh, you know, its supply. And, and we've seen, I mean, coal prices down, you know, this year from, from around $400 a ton down to $180 a ton. So there's more than 100% loss in, in coal prices. But you haven't seen that in Tugela's share price, which hasn't yet fallen. I mean, Tugela's share price, I think, is down around 27% for the year so far. Um, yes, it did start falling in, you know, almost in anticipation mm. of the coal prices. So maybe, you know, from highs, still not even down 100%, though. But, uh, but yeah, I think a, a well-run business, but, but always going to be affected by what's happening in the energy markets. We'll leave it there. That's uh, Gary Boyson, Portfolio Manager at Rand Swiss. Gary, always appreciate the early morning time. And that's our poll today on LinkedIn and Twitter. About that uh, update from Thungela, was, was that in line with what you were expecting? Was it perhaps better than you had thought? Um, as I said, my first glance, I thought it was a bit light, but then when I pulled it apart, it pretty much matched uh, H1. But as Gary says, this is going to be a coal story. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting now with Stephen Brown, uh, CEO of Fortress. Uh, they had results for six months ending December. Stephen, appreciate the early morning time. Let's first kick off with REIT status. Lost that in January. Uh, undoubtedly a, a spanner in the works for you and your board. Uh, but you make the point that you know, essentially you're, you're focusing on the business, which is what you can control. It does mean no distribution for the period. It does, yes. I think, um, you know, it, it was from the 1st of February that we officially were, mm. were not a REIT. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think the focus is definitely on the operations. And I think we had a, a pretty good uh, good six months. You know, Now we also look at, at net asset value, which I think is a metric that sometimes gets missed. And we grew that by, by over 12% just in six months. And we're trading at a circa roughly 45% discount to to our net asset value. So the business is in, the actual business is in great shape. And what does the loss of REIT status means? Well, you know, it means that the company pays the tax rather than the shareholders. Um, so, you know, and we actually are looking at quite an efficient tax paying machine once we restructure some some things internally because of our large portion of exempt income from, from Nepi Rock Castle. Of course, I hadn't thought of that. And you make the point that if, if, if investors buy the A's and the B's in an equal portion, it works out quite well. But you make this, you, you say that you had a good period, and, and, and it certainly was a very good period. And if I look at, 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 at uh, vacancies, I mean, retail's at uh, 3.6. Office, still a problem, but in your life, incredibly small. Uh, I mean, logistics is, 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 is really, really strong. I mean, your, your, your vacancy rates are, are looking in, you know, top tier. Yeah, I, I mean, I would love to say that was the last six months only, but I think it was a five-year process of really trying to sell the lower quality assets. And, you know, over the last five years, we've sold 6.2 billion rands worth of of uh, lower quality assets, and we've developed 6.3 billion rands worth of high quality premium grade logistics, and those are much more in demand. So the natural consequence of that that recycling and that you know sort of getting out of the old into the new is a is a lower vacancy rate yeah and that's a great point this was not a, a covert response this, this we've chatted before about this this was a a, a plan that started pre-covert rent revisions uh, how, how are those holding up look 
they they are looking better, um, especially in the logistics portfolio where you know you used to have these long term leases ten years with a say a contractual escalation of seven or eight percent, mm. um, and then you get this thudding reversion in year eleven when it would come down to market. But fortunately, <laughs> with construction cost inflation, the actual market rents have been growing, and twenty twenty two there was significant growth. You know, we, we were stuck at asking, say, 65 rand a square meter for our new warehouses in, in the Gauteng region. Mm. And that suddenly jumped to asking 75 and actually achieving it. So that's been great. Um, and it's limited the negative reversions. Uh, the rest of the portfolio, because we've got quite short leases, they tend to have um, less negative reversions. But all in all, the, the portfolios are actually performing quite well, funnily enough, given, you know, the macroeconomic headwinds that make us cry in the country every day. Yeah, and I, suppose, I mean, that, that comes back to, and that's the point you made a moment ago, sort of selling uh, uh, less desirable and building more desirable. It, it, it's, it's the property. And I look at your retail, for example, you know, it's, it's suburban, it's CBD, it's rural, it's township, uh, uh, vacancy zero at 3.6%. It, 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 I suppose it comes to the point, you know, not all property is equal. And, and, and that is the, 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 the point of, of, of the, the, the managers to find those those better assets absolutely simon and i think what's important and sometimes what people miss is it's actually an active management game you have Mm. to be trading these assets to sit and stare at it you know nodes change styles change for example logistics what was what was effective and efficient 30 years ago you know we still own stuff in isanda nobody wants it anymore and those who do aren't willing to pay a decent rent so you always have to be looking forward and you always have to be selling what's old, building what's new, and and have some trading capability within that portfolio. I like that point. It's actually active management. I'd never thought of it that way, but absolutely it, it, it is. Power issues, I mean, hurting everyone, you, you say in the results, you know, mostly you're focusing on the retail space because logistics t- typically has some backup power already, and it, it's the hybrid. You've got uh, solar panels, you bring in generators, you, you, you've got batteries. This is, and to your earlier point, I mean, this is just one of the realities of operating in South Africa at this point. It's a sad reality, but it is something we need to manage. It is sad. You know, what's sad is, is, is the, the sort of tears we see on the tenants' cheeks every time we meet with them saying, please, please help us. A mm. lot of them have got backup generators, but a generator is just a, it's an occasional backup. We can't be running these things for six to eight hours a day. So therein also lies the opportunity for us is, you know, to, to provide solar power and to just really, you know, our stated goal is we need stable, consistent supply at a reasonable cost to our tenants. They, they at the moment do have a stable supply because they're running generators, but that surely is not coming at a reasonable cost, nor is it sustainable. So I think we've, we've you know, ramped up our, our um, solar rollout significantly. And I think by the end of by June next year, so that's just over 12 months, we'll have half of our portfolio um, powered by solar PV panels. And by June 2025, we'll have over 80%. So I think okay. therein lies the opportunity for us to actually really ramp this up and I guess, help the environment, help the tenants and indirectly help the country bail out ESCOM by doing this ourselves. <laughs> yeah, no, because yeah, they must sense exactly. I'm not sure ESCOM can do it. We have to do it for them. Uh, loan to value down at 36.9, down from 38.7, an aggressive move. And that trend is, again, part of the, the five-year plan you've been rolling. What is your, your, your target for loan to value? So I think we, we always said we're comfortable um, with our, our core portfolio being between 35 and 40%, so mm-hmm. that's where we are. With with losing the REIT status and being unable in terms of the 
constraint that um, the board has in terms of declaring dividends in the MOI, we will have a lot of excess capital, circa 1.6 to 2 billion rand a year. Now, what do we do with that? Mm. That will naturally lower the LTV, but that capital we're going to almost look at like ring-fenced. We didn't ask for it. I think the majority of shareholders would, mm. would like it back. So we're going to manage that in a very conservative fashion. We're going to pay down debt, sit on liquid assets, um, which might include some, some NEPI shares so that you know, we don't end up buying, for example, illiquid real estate or land, and then the shareholders, you know, there's some change in the capital structure and they ask for it back. So we're going to... We're going to manage that conservatively, but the result is that our LTV will keep ticking down over the coming years. We'll leave it there. Of course, you mentioned Nepi Rock Castle, a 23.7% stake in that central and eastern Europe, also doing very well. Stephen Brown, CEO Fortress, always appreciate the early morning insights. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favour and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, Investing in the Stanlip Kanyisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. One of the truisms in this market, uh, and and it has been for, I don't know, 10 years, 20 years, is every time the RAND weakens out, which it does fairly regularly over the the period, uh, my inbox fills up, my Twitter gets uh, spammed with people, short answer, people panicking and people wanting to know desperately what to do. The, The first port of call, of course, is don't panic. I mean, never panic. That never solves anything. The Rand's trading 1850. That sort of 1840 is a fairly important level. It's broken through it. What we do know uh, is that over the long term, the Rand will weaken against the US dollar uh, and that over the shorter term, there will be crazy movements. There will be absolutely wild gyrations. Is is the next stop for the Rand uh, 16 or is it 21? I don't know, and truthfully, no, neither does anybody else. For those looking for, for a, a sort of quick and easy hedge, there's uh, some EBSA ETNs on the dollar, sterling, and euro. They trade in the JC. They do exactly as they say on the sticker. They give you exposure to those currencies. The bigger point is to have a plan. Have a plan as to how are you going to sort of offshore money? What are you going to do? What, what amounts, what periods, uh, what frequency? And largely stick to the plan because knowing where the rand is going in the shorter terms, it is just impossible to gauge. I remember December 2001, rand hit 13.61. Three years later, trading at 5.75. No one predicted that at 13.61. So be very careful of the panic. Be careful of the FOMO. That's it for today. Speaking of FOMO, we were chatting with Fran Trosky yesterday from PPS about generating alpha in the markets and using a blend of active and passive products to build a portfolio. The the sort of the wars between the active and the passive managers have have kind of subsided when when I think they both realize, you know what, actually they, they both have a space. And we asked you, do you use a combination of both? Do you perhaps use one exclusively rather than the other? And almost two thirds of you said, 
Absolutely, a, a, a bit of both, and that was Fran's point, and it's how I structure my portfolio uh, with a, a core of ETFs, and then you know use some of that alpha generation, whether it be a collective investment scheme or perhaps your own uh, individual stock picking as the sort of satellite and alpha part of the portfolio. A quarter of you said passive only, while the rest of you were saying active only. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website in the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobochle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again Monday, how bias affects our investments. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.